Good evening. Let's stand. Let's just start with a word of prayer. Brother Branson, can you go put us in a word of prayer? And drumming singing page 245, the old calendar. <laughs> 
declare that I don't stand in my strength at all. Cause I won't live a day you didn't plan. Every single moment is in your hands. Even if the whole world shakes, you're the rock on which I stand. So when it seems it can't be done, I know God is big enough. I can run the race I'm called to run, cause I know God is big enough. He'll finish everything he starts. He'll meet us right here where we are. And I can feel faith rising up, cause I know God is big enough. Bigger than the fear that surrounds me, Bigger than the chains that have bound me, bigger than the story my past could tell. Bigger than the weight of tomorrow, bigger than the hurt and the sorrow, bigger than the lies I've told myself. So when it seems it can't be done, I know God is big enough. I can run the race I'm called to run, cause I know God is big enough. He'll finish everything he starts, he'll meet us right here where we are. And I can feel faith rising up, cause I know God is big enough. I know God is big. I thought he's vying for my job, so I've got my eye on him. Just handsome-looking kid. All right, I guess the teens will be dismissed at this time. We're going to Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. Following uh, prayer time tonight, when we dismiss, we need to have a deacons and trustees meeting. Uh, we'll keep it pretty short, but uh, next week's going to be, um, we're going to be gone because we're getting ready for the couples retreat. And so uh, we moved it up to this week so that we can have it this month. And so deacons, trustees, if you could help us by joining us in uh, the VC's classroom now. It used to be Brother Peterson's for years. But now the VCs teach it, and so we'll meet in there uh, immediately following after the prayer time. Uh, so this uh, comes to Ezekiel number 8. We're on uh, eight, way, eight pieces through uh, the book of Ezekiel. And uh, where we're at here with Ezekiel 22, 23, and 24, uh, and they're, they're rather lengthy, and so again, I'll be giving you the highlights and hopefully... Uh, there'll be some study that you'll want to do uh, on your own. You can take notes and then build off of that. That could be a real blessing to you. Uh, but we're going to begin tonight, uh, Ezekiel 22 and verse number 1 there. You follow along as I read. 
Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Now thou, son of man, wilt thou judge? Wilt thou judge the bloody city? Yea, thou shalt show her all her abominations. They say thou, then say thou, thus saith the Lord God, The city sheddeth blood in the midst of it, that her time may come, and maketh idols against herself to defile herself. Thou art become guilty in thy blood that thou hast shed, and hast defiled thyself in thine idols which thou hast made. And thou hast caused the days to draw near, and uh, art come even unto thy years. Therefore have I made thee a reproach unto the heathen, and a mocking to all countries. Those that be near and those that be far from thee shall mock thee which are infamous and much vexed. Behold, the princes of Israel, every one were in thee to their power to shed blood. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight and thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray tonight that as we look here in Ezekiel 22, 23, and 24, that you would give us insight and understanding. And Lord, might we realize just as... uh, Israel uh, imploded upon itself because it chose sin over God. Lord, I pray that we might even realize that in our nation that's happening. And Lord, maybe even in the lives of Christians around us, I pray that we as Christians would recognize that revival has to start in our own personal lives before it will ever affect a nation or country. And so, Lord, I pray that you would meet with us tonight, that you would minister to us through your word and challenge us in our walk with you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. And so, uh, this section, uh, this eighth section that we're in tonight, Ezekiel deals with the sins of Israel and compares Samaria and Jerusalem to two prostitutes. And uh, so uh, we begin here uh, in chapter 22, and we begin to find uh, the sins of Israel. And the sins of Israel were great. Uh, There were many perversions. Uh, Here in Ezekiel 22, 1 through 12, I know I read half of that tonight, and it talked about the blood that was going to be shed, the city sheddeth blood in the midst of it, and her time to come. And here is a nation that is guilty. Verse 4 said, Thou art become guilty in thy blood that thou hast shed. And uh, here is a nation that's walking away from God. Here's a nation that's seeking to please itself. It's being compared, uh, Samaria and Jerusalem are being compared to prostitutes, out prostituting themselves to satisfy their own desires and their own wants, walking away from God and seeking the pleasure of the world around them, seeking the pleasure of the ungodly, seeking the pleasure of of self-centeredness. And so the sins of Israel, the first is the perversions, the perversions. And here in the first 12 verses, we read about the perversions. Verse number 9, it says, "...in thee are men..." that carry tells to shed blood, and in thee that eat upon the mountains in the midst of the city, they commit lewdness 
It kind of reminds me of our pride days here, even in America. And uh, what, a, what, a sad, what, a, what a sad thing that people would be proud of acting the way they act and the things that go on in our midst. Verse 27 said, Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves, ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls and to get dishonest gain. And so they were about the money. They were about uh, pleasing themselves, about self-satisfaction. And so we see the bloodshed and the idolatry, and everyone in the city is murderous and idolatrous. Uh, They have great contempt for parents and orphans and widows, and fathers and mothers are ignored, and the number of the widows increase, and people are destroyed for profit because they seek to please themselves. There in verse 7 it says, In thee have I set light by father and mother in the midst of thee. Have they dealt by oppression with the stranger? In thee have they vexed the fatherless and the widow. And uh, it is, is clear, the picture is clear, that they are seeking their own self, and they're seeking their own way, and they're seeking their self-satisfaction. We come to our third sub-point here, and it says an utter disregard for the Sabbath. God in his day meant nothing to the nation of Israel. It says in verse 8, Thou hast despised mine holy things and hast profaned my Sabbaths. We could say it's like they profaned the Sundays. They no longer sought to go to the house of God. They sought to appease themselves. They sought the pleasures that the world had to offer. They walked away from worshiping their gods to worshiping their selves. Verse 26, we read, Her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed deference or difference between the unclean and clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Really sad as we think about quote-unquote church today and what passes for church. And um, it's, just, it's just a sad state of affairs in our nation. There's an utter disregard for the Sabbath, and they violate the Lord's holy day of rest so that they might uh, reap to themselves some type of benefit, that they might fulfill their own unclean agenda. And then we see adultery and incest is very rampant. In the nation at this time, they defile themselves. Verse 10 says, In thee have they discovered their father's nakedness, and in thee have they humbled her that was set apart for pollution, and one hath committed abomination with his neighbor's wife, and another hath lewdly defiled his daughter-in-law, and another in thee hath humbled his sister, his father's daughter. It sounds like America today. Sounds like America today. They have um, taken to following lying prophets. Verse 28, And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. They say the message is from the Lord when God has nothing to do with it. And so the punishment. The punishment that's going to come 
that's being pronounced against them by God here in chapter 22. The punishment in verse 13. Behold, therefore, I have smitten mine hand at thy dishonest gain which thou hast made, and at thy blood which has been in the midst of thee. Can thine heart endure, or can thine hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with thee? I, the Lord, have spoken it and will do it. And he's talking about the judgment that he's going to bring and the punishment that's going to come. Verse 20 says, As they gather silver and brass and iron and lead and tin into the midst of the furnace to blow the fire upon it, to melt it, so will I gather you in mine anger and in my fury, and I will leave you there and melt you. Yea, I will gather you and blow upon you in the fire of my wrath, and ye shall be melted in the midst thereof. So they end up being scattered among the nations. God purges his people because of their wickedness. As fire is used to purge gold and silver and other irons and metals, so God will use the fire to purify his people, to bring them low, to turn them back to him. Uh, verse uh, 22 uh, says, uh, Silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall ye be melted in the midst thereof. They're thrown into the furnace of God's fiery wrath, and God heaps upon them full penalty for their sins. Verse number 30 kind of ends the chapter here, And I sought for a man among them, that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I think about the story of Abraham and, and uh, theophany that he encounters. As he, he encounters, I believe, uh, Christ of the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they call that a theophany, and he encounters him. And... Uh, as they, he comes by, he's telling him that he's going to go down and he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And of course, his, his, his uh, nephew, Lot, is down there. And so he intercedes on the behalf. And he said here, in verse number 30, there was not a man that would even stand in the hedge. There wasn't a man who would even try to bargain with God because of the destruction that's coming. That's how far they had slid away from God and how far they had walked away from him. The second thing we see are the sisters depicting Israel, chapter 23. And in this parable, Elijah compares Israel to two sisters who become prostitutes, Ahola and Aholabah. Verse 1 said, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother, and they committed whoredoms in Egypt. They committed whoredoms in their youth. They were their breasts pressed, and there they bruised the teeth of their virginity. And the names of them were Ahola, the elder, and Aholabah, her sister, and they were mine. And they bare sons and daughters. Thus were their names Samaria, Samaria is Ahola, and Jerusalem is Aholabah. So he identifies again Samaria and Jerusalem. They're represented as these two prostitutes that go out and give themselves to the world and to the world around them and the people around them. Uh, matter of fact, uh, in the first four verses, they're talking about Ahola uh, represents Samaria and her younger sister's name Aholabah and represents Jerusalem. God marries 
both sisters and fathers, sons and daughters through them. The immorality of these sisters is seen in verses 5 through 49. Both sisters prove untrue to their divine husband, God. This is a picture for us now tonight. You know, as children of God, He has become our Father. We are His children. We are to love Him and to serve Him, and yet many times Christians will turn away from God. They go after their own desires, their own pleasures, their, their own thinking, those things that they feel are important. They walk away from the one true God to, to appease themselves. And here Ahola and Aholabah, representing Jerusalem and Samaria, they walk away from God, and they go in their way of perversion, and they commit spiritual adultery, with the Assyrian gods, uh, gods, this is Ahola, and her punishment, verses 9 through 10, God allows the Assyrians to capture and enslave the city of Samaria. Samaria. And so, over and over again throughout the Old Testament, we see a nation that thinks they can go away from God, they can live their own way, they can do their own thing, that God's not going to do anything about it. And over and over again, the nation of Israel is punished because they seek to walk in sin and not to walk with God. And Christian friend, I challenge you today, if you think you can walk away from God and live in sin, just realize there's a payment for that. There's a payment. It still happens today. The sins of Aholabah, the younger sister, her perversions, she, like her sister, commits spiritual adultery with the Assyrian gods. She then does the same with the Babylonian gods. Her punishment is that she is captured and enslaved by the Babylonians. And the sins of both sisters, each sister city, is guilty of the following. Murder, idolatry, child sacrifice, total hypocrisy, gaudy lifestyle. They paint themselves and put on their finest jewels. Drunkenness, the sound of carousing comes from their room, the drunkenness of their lifestyle. Here is these two cities that are so uh, drunken upon themselves and their sinful lifestyle, and they think that there will be no punishment to come, but God has promised and God brings punishment upon them. The third sign we see tonight to Israel is found in chapter 24. Chapter 24. The first is a food sign. Food sign. Verses 1 through 14. We're not going to read all of them. But in verse number 1 it says, Again in the ninth year, in the tenth month of the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, write thee the name of the day, even of this same day the king of Babylon set himself against Jerusalem this same day. And utter a parable unto the rebellious house, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Set on a pot, set it on, and also pour water into it. And on and on it goes about this pot and filling it with, with uh, the substance of bones and trying to burn the bones underneath it to make it boil well and seed the bones therein. And in verse 6 he says, Wherefore thus saith the Lord God, Woe to the bloody city, to the pot whose scum is therein, and whose scum is not gone out of it. Bring it out piece by piece, and let no lot fall upon it. 
for her blood is in the midst of her. She set it upon the top of the rock. She poured it not upon the ground to cover it with dust, that it might cause fury to come up to take vengeance. I have set her blood upon the top of the rock, that it should not be covered. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Woe to the bloody city! I will even make the pile for fire great. Heap on wood, kindle the fire, consume the flesh, and spice it well, and let the bones be burned. Then set it empty upon the coals thereof, that the brass of it may be hot and may burn, and that the filthiness of it may be molten in it, and the scum of it may be consumed. She hath wearied herself with lies, and with great scum went not forth out of her. Her scum shall be in the fire, in thy filthiness is lewdness, because I have purged thee, and thou wast not purged. Thou shalt not be purged from thy filthiness any more, till I have caused my fury to rest upon thee. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not go back, neither will I spare, neither will I repent. According to thy ways and according to thy doings shall they judge thee, saith the Lord God. Here he's talking about this pot and this, this pottage that's being made up and the scum that is there and rampant. And it's through the lewdness and the, the vile actions of the people. And he tells them to drink it, to eat it and that's it's what it's what they what they reap what they sow it's it's this corruption it's amazing when you find someone in sin how content they become in their sin how commonplace it becomes to them i've shared this before my dad had a brother that was an alcoholic and um my grandmother was getting ready for surgery, and she wanted to see her son, who lived on Skid Road. Didn't know where, just that he was such a drunkard, he just lived in flopped houses and down on Skid Row in Kansas City. And my grandpa on my mom's side, my mom's dad was there, and my dad asked him, say, he said, um, so... My mom wants to see my younger brother, and I don't know how to find him. He's down here in Skid Row. And he said, go to the bank and get 10 silver dollars. So he did that. They went down one of the raunchy parts of Kansas City, Missouri. And by the time they'd given away four silver dollars, they knew exactly where my uncle was. Amazing how you hang out in sin and you think those people will cover for you. Not for a dollar. They quickly gave him up. They went into the house. They pulled him out. He was filthy. I don't know if you've ever seen anyone who's lived that type of life. It's amazing how they become satisfied. Just They just want another drink, another smoke. They just want those pleasures they, that seem to dull the pain, if you would. The scum cleaned him up, presented him to Grandma. She had her surgery. I just find it interesting that uh, then, within about two weeks, he was back to that style of life and living. Here's the nation of Israel. Bring on the pot. Throw in the water. Throw in bones. Just throw it in here, and it just is full of scum. 
full of disgust, full of their lewdness and their self-seeking and their self-satisfying. And we see the funeral sign in verses 15 through 27. It says in verse 16, Son of man, behold, I take away from thee the desire of thine eyes with a stroke. Yet neither shall thou mourn nor weep, neither shall thy tears run down. Forbear to cry, make no mourning for the dead. Bind the tire of thine head upon thee, and put on thy shoes upon thy feet, and cover not thy lips, and eat not the bread of men. His judgment comes, they die. What he does in chapter 24, 15 through 18, God instructs Ezekiel to remain tearless at the funeral of his own beloved wife who dies suddenly. And why does he do that? In verses 19 through 27, we're given the reason. When asked why he shows no sorrow, Ezekiel responds by telling the people that they will likewise not be allowed to display any tears over the coming destruction of their nation. I wonder sometimes, God tarries his coming, how low will our nation go? How low? Some say, oh, you know, it, things are so bad that we've got to be in the middle of tribulation. I'm going, no, I don't think so. Now when you go back and you read, as in the days of Noah, I look at our world and I think, as in the days of Noah, that's probably kind of where we are now, as in the days of Noah. Judgment. Christian friend, I encourage you in this. Seek to walk with God and live rightly before Him. Be an influence and a testimony to those around you in the wicked hour in which we live. That they'll not stand at the judgment seat of Christ and say, you never were a witness our testimony. We need to do our part to share Jesus Christ so they don't stand there and go, you never told me about Jesus. I think the time that we stand in that line, at that, at that moment where the dead are judged, is closer now than it's ever been. Jesus coming is soon. Let's live for him. Let's serve him with our lives. Let's, let's finish the race that we run and finish it well. That the lost might be saved. That we might be able to impact the world around us, realizing that judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Let's be faithful to God. Lord, I love you tonight. I thank you so much for the examples that we see here. Lord, I realize that as, even as we look at our nation, quote-unquote Christian nation, how far we've wandered from our moorings. How far even in Christian lives people have wandered away from God. and They found maybe the pleasures of this world to be appetizing and to be satisfying. God, help us to seek to walk with you. Help us to seek to put you first. Help us to seek to be a testimony and witness in this lost and dying world around us. Help us not to fall prey to this world and to become a used-to-be or a number of sorts. Help us remain faithful to that day you call us home. Thank you for your many blessings to us. We love you. We ask these things your blessed name. Amen. We're going to have Brother uh, James come. We have new prayer sheets. If you did not get those on your way in, uh, we will have someone, Branson is making a move. We'll be back and you can raise your hand and they'll be glad to see that you get one.